Well, it's lovely to be with you today. Um, some of you will know that my husband is currently in South Sudan, and that means that I'm trying to work and also do my three children, which meant I was at 8.30 a.m. yesterday morning watching an under-10s rugby tournament. Now, I have to say I don't have a clue about rugby, so I don't really know what was going on, but actually I think a lot of the boys didn't either. None of them much have been able to play because of COVID, and they've only just started to learn how to do tackling. And from what I can understand, most of them had not realised how low you need to get to do a really good tackle. And as I was watching uh, this game that my son was in, there was one boy who was just that little bit wider and that little bit taller than all the others. And as this boy began to grow in his confidence and step into his stature, he started to go for it, you know, down the middle. And it was great fun to watch. And at one point, it was hilariously comical as I watched about five other boys attach themselves to him in an attempt to tackle him. And there he was, with his eyes fixed on the line he needed to reach to, the touch line, that's it. See, I'm so bad, I don't even know. And these boys were just hanging off him as he carried on ploughing forwards with his eyes fixed on the touch line. And of course, today's passage is about perseverance towards the ultimate touchline of eternal life. And I thought, what a great picture to go with our passage today. Now in our passage, we're in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Paul is very much speaking to those who already believe in Jesus Christ. He's talking to the church and he's saying there are going to be times in life when you encounter weaknesses, pressures and sufferings of all kinds. That is part of life on this earth. And he's specifically talking about the kind of sufferings we may face when we preach the good news to other people. But much of what he says we can apply to suffering in general. And his main message is do not lose heart. Do not lose heart. And he says it twice in the, in the passage that was read to us. Do not lose heart. And he needed to say it because everything in our human makeup means that we have a tendency to lose heart, to be depressed, to be downcast, to, to struggle with, with suffering. And so he tells us, do not lose heart. And there are three things he gives us through this passage to help us not to lose heart. And the first thing is this. It starts in chapter 3 and goes into chapter 4. You know chapter 4 starts with a therefore. And in the vestry, Celia and I both went, what's the therefore, therefore? You know, like good uh, students that we used to once be, I expect. And it, our chapter starts with a therefore. So really we need to go back into chapter 3, the end of chapter 3, to get what's going on. Chapter 3, the end of chapter 3, Paul says... The gospel to some is veiled. 
it's like this. People are just walking around and they just don't get the good news. It's like they've just got a veil over them. But as soon as anyone turns just a tiny bit towards Christ, the Spirit of God is at work. And the Spirit of God powerfully removes the veil and frees us to be all that we should be in Jesus. And so he says, therefore, don't lose heart because we have this ministry. And yes, some people are walking around and the gospel is veiled to them. And it's hard to tell them about the gospel. But don't lose heart because the Spirit of God is nonetheless at work. And the Spirit of God is here to bring freedom. So keep going. Keep persevering. Don't worry about those four or five things that are trying to tackle you to the ground right now. Keep your eyes fixed on the touchline of eternity and keep persevering. Don't lose heart. The Spirit of God is at work. And I suppose there's a little bit of a challenge for us in that. Those of us that are Christians, those of us that are followers of Jesus, we don't live in an easy time to share the good news. But we do have good news. And there are people out there that need to hear it. And so we have a bit of a challenge to say, don't lose heart. Keep persevering. And perhaps we can begin praying and thinking about, you know, who might we just invite to come to the carol service with us this year? Who are our contacts, our spheres of influence? Who should we be inviting to meet Jesus? So do not lose heart, for the Spirit of God is at work. Secondly, do not lose heart, for when we go through weaknesses, God's power is still at work, and perhaps even more so at work, in our weakness and in our suffering. Now, as a society, we are not geared up well for suffering. And I think even less so, my generation and the ones coming below, even less so. Why? In many ways, we're shielded from so much suffering go back six, seven hundred years, 50% of children died before their 10th birthday. Suffering was much more prevalent and much more in our face. Nowadays, the suffering that does occur is often hidden and in the sidelines in our society. We also hold up happiness as the ultimate goal. Well, don't worry about anything else as long as we're happy. So anything that might threaten us being happy, we, we had nothing to do with that. So we don't want to even talk about suffering, really. And therefore, we're very ill-equipped to deal with it. But Paul doesn't do that in his letter. He says, look, there is suffering. It's a reality. And yet, even in the midst of it, God's power is at work. I wonder, Michael, can I borrow you for an illustration? Thank you. Thank you for being willing, victim. It's, it's not too hard. See, in our passage, verse 8 to 12, we can come a little closer, um, it talks about uh, the jars of clay, 
right? We have this treasure. That treasure is the gospel, the good news of Jesus, and it's in jars of clay, okay? These these are going to represent our jars of clay. Now, Michael, I'm going to give you the two jars of clay, and I'd like you just to crush them with all your might. Oh, Michael, come on, you've done one. What's wrong with the right one? <laughs> thank you, that's perfect. So, these jars, thank you, that, that is just perfect. Just couldn't do this one. It's just, I don't know, he's, he's only got power for one. No, the jars of clay are, were easily broken. They were incredibly fragile. People put their rubbish in the jars of clay and then chucked the whole jar of clay out. They were sort of just... And it's saying, we're like those jars of clay. We're fragile. We experience crushing and pressure and suffering. But, Paul says, I was crushed but not... I was perplexed and, but not... So yeah, in the passage, he's all these things. He's crushed, he's perplexed, he experiences pain and suffering, but he's not completely destroyed like this. Why? Because the grace and power of God is at work at him, in him, even in his suffering and his struggle. So suffering and struggles are reality, but we do not lose heart because God's power will sustain us in it and will be at work in those moments, even when we feel at our very weakest. And that's a message we really need to take on because there are many days when we feel very weak, just persevering even in those times is deeply powerful and deeply effective and of course it's remembrance Sunday today and I was looking up some stories of soldiers clinging on to their faith in the midst of awful battle and you have these beautiful stories of how people keep alive by keeping their eyes fixed on the goal of eternity that this life isn't all that there is and so even in the midst of their suffering they're able to persevere by the grace of God and God's power at work within them. And I remember as a little girl being deeply touched by the story of Corrie ten Boom. I'm sure many of you know the story of this girl who ends up in the concentration camps because her family hid Jewish people and tried to rescue them. And she ends up being caught and her sister dies and many of her family members die. And she, she survives, but she goes through tremendous amounts of suffering, more than many of us will face. And yet she is not totally crushed down for the power of Christ is at work within her. And as she preaches the good news of Jesus in the concentration camps, people come to a place of thanksgiving and salvation in Jesus for her testimony and her perseverance in weakness is so powerful. Because people look at it and they go, that isn't normal. And it isn't. It is the power of God at work in a life. And we're going to just watch a brief testimony of someone 
today who's had to overcome tremendous amounts of suffering and who now preaches the gospel and God's power is at work in their life. And I'm hoping that the clever video might work. I was born in Melbourne, Australia, 1982, and my parents had no idea that I was going to be born without arms or legs. I was the only one that I ever saw without limbs. My faith in Jesus Christ was sealed after seven years of wondering why, God, I was born this way. Uh, he answered me very clearly through John chapter 9, and I gave my life to Jesus at 15 after reading about how he came across a man who was born blind. And I'm like, hey, hold on a second. This looks interesting. <laughs> and no one knew why he was born that way. I'm like, perfect. So I read on and in verse three of the ninth chapter, Jesus said, it was done so that the works of God would be revealed through him. And I'm like, wow, God, if you had a plan for the blind man, you do have a plan for me. And that was the beginning of my personal relationship with Jesus. Youth groups were starting to call me. Churches were starting to call me. Opportunities were opening up everywhere for me to share my testimony. I was speaking in front of 300 sophomore public high school students. Three minutes into it, half the girls were crying. One girl in the middle of the room started weeping. She put up her hand and she said, I'm so sorry to interrupt, but can I come up there and give you a hug? In front of everyone, she came and she hugged me. She cried on my shoulder and whispered in my ear, no one's ever told me that they love me. No one's ever told me that I'm beautiful the way that I am. I couldn't believe it, it changed my life. At that moment, I knew God was ministering to her through me. It's not by my speech or my power, it was God. And my heart was ignited with a passion. And it was an awesome day to see one soul transformed forever. That was when I knew I was called to be a worldwide evangelist. Today, do not leave here unchanged. Leave here unchanged. You don't know what God can do with your broken pieces until you give God your broken pieces. And I want you to know when you fall down, God's grace is sufficient. God's hand will come down and pick you up. In the first seven years of ministry, God opened up doors for me to speak 2,000 times across 44 countries on six continents, from university campuses, 40,000 students in China, to India, where we're talking to sex slaves, to crowds in the jungle of India, 110,000 people, down to Indonesia and all of Southeast Asia, to speaking at congresses of nations like Colombia and Costa Rica, where you see the leaders of that nation commit that country to the Lord Jesus. To Korea and speaking to the next generation about depression and suicide and to Eastern Europe where we did Serbia, Slovenia and Croatia. And then doors in the Middle East, the message of hope was spread throughout the whole Arab world. That is God. And we know We've just begun.
And so it is so often that God's greatest power is displayed through huge weakness so that the glory goes not to us, but to him. And so if you're in a place right now, and I think many of us are in our country, we're just putting one step in front of the other. That's okay. Keep persevering with your eyes on the final touchline. And so we do not lose heart, for the Spirit of God is at work. We do not lose heart, for God's power is displayed in weakness. And finally, we do not lose heart, for God is at work, renewing us inwardly. Though outwardly we're wasting away, God is at work. And so verse 16, it says that, do not lose heart. Though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. We do not lose heart. Apparently, we spend about £15 billion in the UK on anti-aging products every single year. We don't like the idea that outwardly we're wasting away. And yet, I have not met anyone who has escaped the fact that we are ultimately, outwardly, wasting away. And some of that's pretty rubbish and not great. But we do not lose heart, for even though that is happening, we are inwardly being renewed. We are set as believers of Jesus on a path where we are going to be resurrected as Jesus was to spend eternity with God our Father, where there are no more tears and no more pain and no more suffering. So we have to fix our eyes on what is yet unseen. But as we do that, it will help us not to lose heart now. And that's Paul's passage for us today. Do not lose heart. Don't forget the spirit of God is at work. Do not lose heart. God's power is at work in weakness. Do not lose heart. For yes, though outwardly we are wasting away and will experience things that are difficult, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day and being led into an eternity with Jesus. And so as I finish now, I just want to invite you to take a moment with God, to ask his Holy Spirit to bring that message to you personally today, to build you up and to help you not lose heart, to keep persevering like that rugby player, because let's face it, we'll all have those five or six things that are trying to tackle us over at any one time, I'm sure. I don't know what your things are that feel like they're tackling you over at the moment. For Mother Teresa, famously, it was depression. 
But as we give these things over to God and as we look towards that touchline of eternity, we keep our eyes fixed on him. He will, by his Holy Spirit, enable us and help us to keep persevering. So let's pray. Thank you, God, that we need never lose heart. For you are our God and you sit on your throne and you're inviting us to live with you now and to walk into eternity with you in the future. Help us not to forget that your spirit is at work. Help us not to forget that you take weakness and suffering and work powerfully in it and through it. Help us not to forget that though outwardly we might be wasting away, you are at work inwardly renewing us. Lord, we choose to trust in you today and we invite you to encourage us and to remind us of these things. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.